Hey guys, before we get started on today's episode, uh, just to give you some context, this episode was recorded several months ago, I think probably like September or October of last year, I'm really not sure, uh, but I've been kind of sitting on editing this episode for quite a while, so we're going to release it as part of season three, because uh, this was originally when we intended to start season three, and then we recorded this and never really got around to putting anything out. So... This is episode two of season three. I'm very excited about this because I know Caleb has been waiting for me to put this out for a long time. If you listen to this episode and you're like, wow, I love listening to Caleb and I love listening to him talk to David and I would love to listen to him talk to David and to another guy who isn't Adam, uh, then you probably would love our new podcast, No Sevens, uh, which features me and Caleb and our friend Silas as we uh, talk about, discuss, and review movies. I will leave a link in the description so everybody can subscribe and make this shameless plug of our new podcast, No Sevens, totally worth it. All right, without further ado, here is today's episode of Jabberwocky. Hello, and welcome back to Jabberwocky Season 3. We're back from our break over the summer. It is now September so we're back in business. I'm, of course, am joined. I, of course, I am, of course, joined today by my co-host, David. And producer, David. And producer now. He's gotten promoted because I am lazy, but he's yeah. still not getting paid. So let's talk a little bit. Let's just do a really quick update on, I think, what we're going to do with the show. I don't think that much will be that different on the listener end. Uh, I think we're going to try and bring some better content. Um, I will be doing the production now because Adam said to me, we... I just want to perform. And I said, Are you saying we weren't making good content before? Um, I would say there were some things that we came out with that were not very popular. Um, the Star Wars commentary tracks specifically well, you know were not what? well received. I've heard through the that grapevine that there is one of our listeners who thoroughly enjoys the Star Wars episodes and they watch them while it, they listen to them while at work, hmm. not even watching the movie, just listening to the episodes at work. Okay. So well, I'm glad we brought joy to that person. Our episodes do have value, even the bad ones. I mostly, to be fair, I mostly went into those just for my own personal enjoyment, but I recognize that there, there's not a lot of mass appeal, but, but we're shaking things up. Season three. It's th- different. This, it's fresh. It's new. Yep. We're going to have it's like Chipotle new guests, new, new conversations. Yoga? New horizons, new horizons, new conversations, and fresher chicken. <laughs> All right, today we have our special guest with us, Caleb Lee. Welcome to the show, Caleb Lee. Hello, thank you. Thanks for having You've me. Been it's good to have you on. To get on this show for a long time. Every time someone has wanted to get on this show for a long time, I always say pining. So I think this is yeah. probably my second or third time saying pining on this podcast to be fair but this is probably a long overdue episode um caleb you and I, you've been on the show once before but it was very brief it was during the like friendsgiving episode so i think you made like sort of like a cameo appearance with a lot of other people but you've never had your own it was dedicated the episode. Caleb, it was the caleb hors d'oeuvres yeah. now we're into the caleb entree the thanksgiving episode caleb hors d'oeuvres now we're into the entree maybe down the line we'll have the caleb dessert too Okay, so Adam, do you know what we're talking about today? 
Um, I know that we're talking to our good friend Caleb Lee, but I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> okay. So here's the the concept for the episode today. We're trying out sort of I don't know I want, I don't want to label this segment or this like type of episode because I want to keep it loose. We're still trying things out here in season three, but the Loosey basic goosey. what Lucy Goosey Lucy Goosey season three our tagline season three Lucy Goosey. Okay. Yep. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna try and do some episodes. Um, and the idea for these episodes is unofficial expert because everybody has something that they're unofficially an expert in. Maybe it's something that you're not even, you can't even really be an expert in. Like I am an expert in Batman. You, Adam, are an expert on Conan O'Brien, which is a little yes, weird, but and okay. obscure comedians. And obscure comedians. That's Adam's unofficial expertise. And so we're going to be bringing on guests and talking to them about things that they are unofficially experts on. And so Caleb is probably an unofficial expert on multiple things. But what we're going to be talking about today is sneakers. Yes, sir. I'm excited, I'm excited to talk about this because I often think that I could become a person, a sneakerhead. But I just have not pulled the trigger and gotten into it. Okay, well, let's let our guest tell us a little bit about that because we've been doing a lot of talking. Caleb, start off by telling us a little bit about how you got started collecting sneakers. Because I think I knew you before you were a sneakerhead. Yeah, probably so. I mean, you definitely knew me before I ever considered myself. Uh, and, and let's just clear things up from the get-go. Um, I prefer... A multitude of terms over sneakerhead. Okay. Uh, to me, sneakerhead is, and, and this by no means uh, is meant to offend any sneakerhead listeners. And I'll still use that term from time to time. Uh, but you know, sneaker enthusiast. Okay. Maybe sneaker connoisseur. <laughs> okay. Um, to me, sneakerhead has such a uh, stigma around it. And oh, really? Yeah. Um, and kind of people in society view sneakerheads certain kinds of ways, mm. sometimes not favorably. So, you know, I think sneaker enthusiast is definitely my go-to when I describe myself to, or, you know, when I describe this hobby to other people. Okay. So um, that, I think I'm going to jump ahead real quick to one of my other questions. Yep. So what is the difference between a sneakerhead or a sneaker enthusiast in a, in a hype beast. Oh boy, this is a whole can of worms. Um, so I would say the the biggest difference between a sneaker enthusiast to me and a hype beast is it, it boils down to uh, let's say purity. Okay, purity in your enthusiasm for sneakers. So okay. a sneakerhead or even just, you know, a sneaker enthusiast, they derive their enjoyment for the hobby from the shoes themselves, maybe the story behind the shoes. So for me, you know, I, I have a lot of Jordans and each pair of Jordans kind of has its own story because maybe Michael was in a certain stage in his career or maybe he wore a certain pair during you know, a certain championship game or whatever. So there's kind of a story behind it. Um, other sneakers, 
like I have, I'm, I'm looking at a pair of Cortezes right now. You know, that was right. one of Nike's very first running shoes. And so there's that, that history and that kind of that connection that I think most sneakerheads feel with their shoes because there's, there's some sort of meaning behind the pairs that they own. On the other hand, hype beast. They're purely driven by hype. Status. Okay. Yeah, status. It's, it's in the word. So, you know, for them, if, if the general opinion of the shoe is very high, they like it. doesn't matter what it looks like. doesn't matter how, how dumb the design is. Like, it is crazy the shoes that get hyped up for no reason other than chatter. You know, it's just because you, you get into little communities online. So you have, you know, there's obviously there's sneaker Twitter. I'm sure I'm not on Reddit, but I know, I mean, just like with anything in Reddit, there's probably a very big sneaker subculture of Reddit. And all it is is this chatter that goes on between different hype beasts. Well, maybe it's a, a, a collab with a rapper, Travis Scott, Kanye West, Drake, so it's just this artificial excitement that's built up because of nothing else other than, uh, you know, pop culture or popular opinion. Gotcha. So the new Yeezy slides. Yeah. Are they they're a, are they a hype beast shoe and not a shoe enthusiast shoe? Yeah. I mean, I would I think it there's a very fine line, like. Personally, to me, I, I think they're atrocious. I would never buy the Yeezy Slide. <laughs> but there's people out there who think they're not honest with themselves. I, it, you know, I don't think they're honest with themselves. They look at the Yeezy Slide. They say, okay, it's, it's Yeezy. It's associated with Kanye. It's like a, almost like a sheep mentality or like mm. going with the flow or like a herd mentality. Well, it's like they can't make a decision for themselves if everyone else likes it, if it's hyped up, if it's a famous person, they just, they all follow yeah, in that same it. funnel and they're like, yeah, that's a cool shoe. Um, I think what it boils down to is a sneaker enthusiast. If they like the shoe, if they find some sort of connection to it, you know, maybe it's a personal connection, a story behind it, or maybe it's just purely by looks. That's the shoes that they go after. Uh, and at least that's how I approach this hobby. And that's what I call it. That's what I try to tell people. It's a hobby for me because, you know, shoes are kind of expensive and obviously they're very functional. They, they just serve uh, as protection for your feet for the most part. So people are like, well, why do you need, why would anyone need more than maybe four or five pairs of shoes? And that's generous for some people. Uh, but yeah, I, I look at it as a hobby and, I try to get the shoes that I find personal enjoyment out of, not just because they're hyped up. So you're a sneakerhead or a sneaker enthusiast, sorry, not a hype beast. So tell us a yeah. little bit about your, like your journey as a sneaker enthusiast. Okay. So it's hard. I mean, I can't like pinpoint the moment or like the point in time that I feel like I really started to uh, become a sneaker enthusiast. I will say, uh, I feel like throughout my life, throughout my, you know, my childhood and, and my adolescence, um, I've always been kind of particular with, uh, you know, my belongings, whether it be shoes or clothes or whatever, you know, I, I like to 
try to look nice um, and, and that kind of stuff. So shoes just became a way to kind of express fashion or just express myself. Um, and it really wasn't until college when I started making an intentional effort to collect shoes. Um, and at that point, it started as a pretty simple quest. And I told myself, you know, pretty much every sneaker head, sneaker enthusiast, whatever, is going to have a, a wide range of different shoes in their collection. Some people are purely like Yeezy. They, they only have Yeezys in their collection. Or some people are purely Jordan. You know, they only want Jordan or Nike. Um, but for me, I was like, there's there's definitely some some classics out there. There are some staples in this community that I wanted to have. So I told myself, I'd like to have at least one pair of every Jordan models 1 through 14. Because to my knowledge, I think 14 was the last model that Michael actually played in during his career. Um, and it might be, I might be off by a year or two, but I think definitely 14 was one of the last pairs. Uh, so I don't really care about, because current models, their performance, you know, they're, they're still being made to play yeah. basketball in. So the retros, 1 through 14, I told myself, I'd like to have a collection of those. And then just as, as time went on, when shoes popped up that I just, maybe I like the look of, I'll try to get them. Um, maybe it's like Ultra Boost, you know, Adidas Ultra Boost, which it's funny because I don't even have a pair, but that's like a staple in the sneaker community. So, you know, I'd like to get a pair of those. So there's a few different philosophies behind the, the hobby, but I think I just started getting into it once I like had a job and could kind of provide for myself and had a little disposable income to spend on shoes. That's when I really started to get into it. Um, but I've always kind of just appreciated different shoes or like making sure that my footwear went along with the rest of my either fashion or apparel or whatever. So shoes have always been kind of uh, a staple in my, I would just say my, you know, my, my fashion or style. Gotcha. And I will say How? to your credit, you've been, you've been pretty consistent about, I would say, now I would consider you a fairly well-established sneaker enthusiast because I remember when you first started collecting sneakers and you were kind of like talking about all the sneakers that you wanted to get, I was a little bit skeptical because sometimes sometimes you get kind of in on an idea and it's a little bit of a it's a little bit about the the mystique of it and the the uh, the um, the aesthetic of it. But you don't always the Miami Dolphins, I think, would be my go to example of that for you. Um, but with this, you've you've hung in there and you've really you've collected quite a collection uh, of sneakers. So I think you've proven me wrong on on your because uh, I didn't think you were going to make it. And you did. How far along are you in your collection of getting the one through 14s? OK, one so 14. it's funny because this quarantine basically, you know, the the majority of this year has my collection has exponentially increased in the Jordan category. So I'm going to go, just go through in my head. I have the ones, the twos, the threes, the fours, 
fives, sixes. I do not have sevens. I do not have eights. I do not have nines. Uh, let's see, I have elevens. I have thirteens. And I think that's it. So I'm only missing, like, you know, Almost there. seven, eight, nine, and ten, I think. Are they hard to get your hands on, or? Yeah, no. kind of. Uh, it depends. And that's that's another kind of tangent as part of this. A lot of people, if they're if they're all in on Jordans, they buy, they might have, you know, ten different pairs of ones alone, mm. and, and that's not, I you know, to me that is a little bit excessive. Um, okay. So what I'm trying to do is, if at all possible, restrict my collection to trying to get like OG colorways. So original colorways that Jordan wore himself or maybe models that have a little bit of a history behind them, like a little bit of a story. Um, so like the 11s I have, those are, they, they're known as Space Jams because Michael wore that silhouette in Space Jam. And so they're just little details here and there like that. And the, the thing that's hard with, the, with these Jordans is that they're all retroed at this point. So... They might only release, like, you know, I got some fives, some fives in what's called fire red. I got those back in spring or, or early summer, and those probably won't release again for several years. And so it's like once they, they drop, if you want that colorway or if you want that specific pair, you, you're going to pounce on it or you're just going to miss out. So that's kind of like it's almost a waiting game of trying to – see what pairs are going to release and whether or not I want those. So um, I'm sure I could, if I wanted to just purely satisfy the collection, I could find some sevens or eights or nines out there. And I'm just like, okay, yeah. But uh, generally I try to be patient and just wait and see what's, what's on the, or what's in the pipeline for releases. So describe to us the process by which, because you can't just like walk into any, like any sneaker store and just get any pair of shoes you want. There's a little bit right. more of a, a challenge there. So how does that? How does it? How does acquiring sneakers work? Oh, dude, this is a touchy subject, especially really? recently. Yeah. So just last week, last Saturday, I struck out on three uh, drops, basically. So there were three different shoes that were coming out last Saturday. Completely struck out on. So the most common and generally the the most uh, or the easiest way is going to be online. So okay. most flagship sneakers or whatever, they they drop on the weekends. So generally Saturday, sometimes it could be Friday and it's an online drop. Well, the process for this online drop is highly competitive. It is, I would say highly corrupt at this point in the game. Really? Okay. Yes. And so, it's a very touchy subject for me personally because the sneaker world and the sneaker community is overrun with resellers. And these resellers, I would argue don't, I mean, the, deep down they probably do have a true passion for sneakers, but okay. obviously their, their number one priority is profit because I mean, from, for some of these people, that's their livelihood. And I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hate 
on you know that method of making an income but what it does it, it takes away from the purists or okay. those people who aren't trying to make a profit on shoes who who really just want to wear the sneaker and so what happens is there's what or the problem we see now is with these online drops especially there's bots okay so people have developed uh different bots that basically instantaneously automatically go in they order who knows how many pairs because these resellers they don't care about size they don't care about anything they want as much inventory as possible they turn around they just sell it and so you're competing with computers and so i'm sitting here manually with 10 fingers two eyes and a keyboard and i'm trying to click through manually to get shoes online when they drop sometimes it works sometimes it doesn't so a lot of it is luck a lot of it is uh it's very frustrating um but there are still like you could go into stores some stores still release them uh very few release them on a first come first serve basis um so most often it works as like a raffle um and not a traditional raffle where you have to pay but you enter the raffle just to get a chance to buy the shoe so it's kind of funny and it's it's a little overboard um because a lot of people especially like maybe the older generation so my parents and some of the other adults when when i tell them about the shoe buying process or whatever all they can see in their head is like you know shoe sensation or just these massive shoe stores where you just waltz in you buy a pair of generic nikes off the wall and you're good but that's just not how it works at all right. um so it can be complicated and it is definitely frustrating but i will say to kind of you know a very short answer it's uh mostly online and it is mostly i would say luck based if you're doing it manually i don't know i mean a lot of people pay for bots but um, to me that goes against my personal uh, i don't i won't want to i mean my personal conviction i know that's a, a pretty heavy term to use for sneakers but i just don't if i can't cop it manually then to me it's just you know oh well i tried and if i can't it's a little money saved and you know it just it is what it is so so how do you stay where do you get your information like how do you find out like there's a drop going down right is that what um, they say drop going down no they don't say that generally um <laughs> just a sneaker drop they should start uh, yeah there's a drop there's a drop happening yeah a drop going down or such okay. and such sneaker drops you know saturday whatever uh most yeah most of my intel comes from uh, social media, so Twitter, Instagram. Uh, there's a lot of resources out there. I mean, there's tons of websites too. So, you know, I have my my uh, ear to the ground on a lot of this stuff. But without you know browsing sneaker blogs and without being on social media a lot, it's going to be hard to keep up with all the different drops. Um, you know, there's apps. So so Nike has the sneakers app. Um, they have a drop calendar, so there's ways to do it. You just have to be, uh, you know, you have to be intentional about it. So it's not like, and most people who care about this stuff, they they know where to go. But it's not like you're gonna see a commercial, you know, for right. the next sneaker drop or anything. So 
it's kind of like one of those, if you know, you know, okay. and, um, but most of it comes from online resources, social media, YouTube, you know, a lot of sneaker channels on YouTube that are always talking about upcoming drops. So, um, that's where I get most of my Intel. Right. Is there anything coming up that you are excited about? Or that you're like want to get your hands on. I'm actually let me let me uh, pull out my sneakers app because off the top of my head, no, not really. Um, there is a, a a collab coming up between Jordan Brand and I guess it's I don't know if it's fashion or design, and that's the thing. Like I don't get too deep into the details. I just kind of know the high level. So it's Jordan Brand and this company or design company called Concepts. And that's kind of the next big hype release. Um, but just looking through the app right now, there's not a lot coming up that I'm excited for. Uh, a few more Jordan retros, but nothing major. I would say if they release, you know, any sort of Space Hippie, which is another Nike shoe. If there's any Space Hippies in the pipeline, I generally try to get those. Um, but off the top of my head, I haven't seen or heard of anything major that I... If you wanted to design a shoe, mm-hmm. who would you collab with? Oh, that's tough. I mean, me as a peasant, I would be perfectly happy, com- you know, collabing with Tinker Hatfield. Like the most legendary, <laughs> one of the most legendary sneaker <laughs> designers in the world. But Tinker Hatfield? The- oh, that is man. The- yeah, that's Hello, like if that's like saying like that's like saying that's like being like, me as a bad. I mean, I'd be perfectly happy. That's like being like, I mean, if you had to choose like one NBA player in you know the history of all time at their peak to be your teammate for a two-on-two basketball game, who would you pick? I would be like, I mean, you know, I am just a humble basketball player. So I mean, if you just if you just gave me Michael Jordan, you know, he's not even that good. Just give me Michael <laughs> Jordan. I'd be perfectly happy, you know, to play to. You know, with him as my teammate. Like, yeah, Tinker Hatfield. Okay, well, I know okay, who Tinker me, Hatfield is. Yeah, let me explain what I meant by that. I mean, Tinker's job is to design shoes. Right. So, like, that's why when I said just Tinker Hatfield, I'm not trying to, like, reach out to some celebrity and us go in together. Like, it'd be cool enough just to sit down with Tinker and, and kind of, like, shoot ideas off of him. Right, um, okay. Obviously... He's legendary in the sneaker design world, but you know I could say Kanye West or Travis Scott, you know all these other people. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, but I, you know, I think it'd be cool to maybe just co-design a shoe with Tinker. So that's really not like a super big, like I wouldn't necessarily call it a collaboration. Um, right. But yeah, that's a tough. That's a tough question. It would just what be would like, you want your shoe to look like? I don't know. Uh, that's. A, I don't know that that side of my brain. I know like when a shoe is designed and I see it, I know what I like, but like I couldn't necessarily articulate that down on paper. It's almost like you show me something and I'll be able to tell you whether or not, you know, I think it's pleasing. So that's interesting because that ties into my next question. Sorry, I cut you off a little bit, but I want to. That's fine. I want to get to this because it ties into my next question, which is what makes a sneaker cool or not? And it sounds like you buy sneakers exclusively off of either there's some history or significance to the pair 
or just your personal gut feeling about the aesthetic? It sounds like you can't even like quantify that. What like makes that gut feeling, you know, what makes a sneaker cool? Right. Well, it is hard to, because like, what are you going to say? Oh, if it's, if it has a leather upper or if it, you know, maybe it has a boost as a cushioning system. Like there's a lot of technical details behind the shoe, but it's that, it's that designer that brings it to life. And that's not like I would, I mean, and I think you guys know, know me well enough to know that that's not how my brain typically operates is not in the creative space. It's more of the analytical and like the technical space. Right. Uh, So for me to say, well, you know, I like it to be uh, this or that, like, it's hard for me to even come up with descriptors on what makes a shoe appealing other than just looking at it and saying like, that is a cool shoe. Sometimes it is, you know, the technology inside the shoe. Sometimes it, it has a, maybe a retro aesthetic or like a vintage aesthetic that makes it cool. Um, but it, it is, I would, I would say it's very hard to quantify for me. Um, what, makes a sneaker cool and what doesn't yeah and you surprised me the other day because i was at the nike employee store where you know we can get stuff marked down pretty significantly and they had some of the new like adapt like air maxes and you didn't want them yeah you said well, and i don't a lot like the that, way they look a lot of that had to do with price um of course for people who don't know the adapt uh shoes they retail for four hundred dollars and even at a discounted price, it would have been well over $200. But you spent well over $200 on pairs of shoes in the past. Uh, yeah. I, the most I've spent retail uh, on a pair of shoes was on my Yeezys, and they were $220 you know, before tax. So after tax, it would have been 230 But that's, that's like one of those things where I, to me, first of all, I like the way, the way those Yeezys looked. That generally is, you know, first and foremost – and it kind of checks one of the boxes in my collection bucket list. So now I have a pair of Yeezys. To me, I'm satisfied if I never own another pair of Yeezys. And maybe down the road, another pair drops that I really like the look of, and then I would consider it, but I'm not going to go out and try to get three, four, or five more pairs just to say I have like those in my collection. So, um, so yeah, I mean, the adapts are cool. But I didn't like the way they looked. Like that pair specifically was not doing it for me. Now other pairs I considered, or like I have considered in the past. But uh, but yeah, I mean I, I try to be logical with it because at the end of the day, it is it is a completely unnecessary hobby. And I think obviously most hobbies you could say are unnecessary. Um, but I still have to kind of consider. The cost, because even though I have, you know, obviously I have a full-time job and I have a, a little bit of disposable income, I'm not trying to, you know, blow every dime on shoes. So there's still some thought process that goes into it. But if it were the right price, the right look, then I would, you know, I generally will buy a pair of shoes without thinking too much about it. Okay. So I think now is a good segue. I'm going to jump in here, David. Okay. Yes, I please recently jump in. purchased I recently purchased a pair of shoes and I want to see I want to see what Caleb thinks of these. Okay. I'm excited. I'm going to share my screen. I want to show you guys these shoes. 
Okay. Now are I you told gonna Kale tell us, earlier. Are you going to like tell us for the listeners who can, so they'll be able yeah, to hear? Yeah, I'll describe it. I told Caleb earlier that these might be the most attractive shoes I've ever seen in my entire life. Wow. When I saw these shoes, I was like, wow, these are some nice looking shoes. They're not particularly flashy, but just something about them is just scratching an itch in my brain. And they just look great. So they're a pair of Converse. Okay. I think <laughs> they're a pair of like retro Converse, like a pair that they used to actually play basketball in. Okay. Is I think what they are. Okay. So I'm going to share my screen and show you guys. But it was when I saw these, it was love at first sight. Can you guys see this? Yeah. Look at these shoes. They're so they're leather shoes. They're basically they look like a Converse, a regular Converse. They get a little bit thicker sole. They're mm-hmm. all white. There's a red star. There's a red stripe. Why don't and you? The back. Sorry. Is red as well. So and what it is says Converse? How would you say the name of the shoe, and then people can look them up? We'll link they to them in the description. The OG pro leather converse the white and the red one og pro leather we will link to them so if everybody anybody wants to match <laughs> yeah. adam Anyone which i know he will love i think these are going to become my daily drivers i am so excited to get these shoes my daily drivers <laughs> <laughs> so what do you think caleb yeah i think they're definitely a a very clean shoe um but like with everything i would say in fashion or apparel or that space, a lot of it is is like driven from the person, from the beholder. So I think it's a clean, it's a classic silhouette. Uh, to me, these don't hold much value as, like personally, as a sneaker, as as my own, you know, sneaker mm-hmm. brain works. But it's a very classic silhouette. I mean, like you look at almost any shoe from this era, which was the seventies whether it be Converse or Nike or, you know, Adidas, this is how almost all shoes looked because they served a function. And in this situation, they were a basketball shoe. So they got the high, you know, they got the high ankle cut. Um, Of course, most shoes back then were leather and it's just a very basic construction. I think it's a classic timeless look. So overall, I like them. I don't know that there would be a pair that I would like seek for my collection. Uh, but yeah, I think it definitely can't go wrong with either this pair or any of the others that kind of have that same that same silhouette, that same design. So the reasoning behind me getting these shoes is I originally wanted some Nike Blazers. Yep. I was going to say they um, look a lot like Blazers. Which I I was like, wow, these are some nice shoes, but they're a hundred bucks. So I was like, well, okay, yeah, I'll probably wait on that. Then I found these shoes, and I thought this basically looks like a Nike blazer. It's made by Converse. It's some would argue, m- myself included, that it's cooler. <laughs> so I would say I'm very, I'm very. Maybe I'll still get a pair of Nike blazers. I would say this Why is not? very consistent with your aesthetic, Adam. Which is, um, I don't know if I can quantify it. I just like kind of like uh, hipster skater boy vibes. <laughs> yeah with um, a little bit of retro like uh i am uh, 
almost like retro pretentiousness, but not that doesn't feel like a nice way to put it. I'm fully preparing for these to become my favorite pair of shoes ever in my entire life. Wow. Okay. Um, The night that I found these shoes, we did watch The Outsiders, the movie. So I was on a Converse high. I was just living the dream, looking at their Converse. (laughs) Okay. I was like, man, I wish I had a good pair of Converse like them. Do they not just wear the normal black Converse? Um, some I think Pony Boy has a white pair. Oh, okay. But they are. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I like those, Adam. And I'm Caleb, so excited again. Caleb approved. Yeah, so I mean. Excited. So, here I want to talk real quick before we get to our next question. I want to talk about the Space Hippie sneakers because I think this is interesting. Adam, have you heard of these? No. Let me look up a picture of them. Okay, Caleb, do you want to tell him? Adam, I think you'll like this concept. Caleb, do you want to explain to him the Space Hippie sneaker? Sure, I'll, and I'll try to do it uh, as as simply as possible. So, Space Hippie sneaker is a a sustainable, recycled shoe uh, made by Nike that uses recycled plastic, recycled sneakers themselves, um, and just different things to cut down on the the production waste and and what otherwise would be, you know, maybe not super environmentally friendly. So they take, they take old midsoles, they take old rubber, they grind that up and form it into the new midsole. The upper is made of some recycled plastic. And of course, I don't know all the stats off the top of my head. Um, but it's very interesting. And, and like personally to me, that, that's cool that they're able to, to repurpose old shoes and make them into new ones. But like I mentioned earlier, a lot of it's just the look. I, I love the look of a few of the, there's like four different models. A couple of the models I really like the look of. Um, and then, like I said, kind of having that story behind it makes it even better. So that's like a plus one for me um, to be able to tell people, because they're a little funky looking, you know, they're, they're not yeah. your run the mill sneaker. And so people say, it's funny because there's so many people like, man, those are some pretty ugly shoes. To me, I like them. And a lot of, you know, I think people our age like the look of them. But then you go and you tell them, oh, well, actually, they're made of recycled, you know, rubber. They're made of old shoes. They're like, oh, well, that's, that's kind of cool. So it kind of helps, you know, rub some of the edge off of, what otherwise might be a uh, polarizing, you know, aesthetic or, or look to them. So, which is also yeah, these are pretty cool. It's also pretty. They're made from eighty-five to ninety-five to ninety percent recycled content, or at least the Flyknit yarn is. Yep, it's pretty good. Also, like really smart, like business-wise. Yep. Because well, and the environment-wise, all right. And envi- but here's what I think is cool about them is. I don't think we're going to get a lot of, and this is going to go off in a tangent, but I don't think we're going to get a lot of improvement on like environmental issues um, unless like business, it becomes profitable for businesses to be more environmentally friendly. And this is environmentally friendly for Nike, but also it essentially allows them to take materials that they would otherwise not be able to use and would just throw away instead of having to pay for that material to be, you know, taken to, you know, a landfill or whatever, they can actually repurpose that material and turn it into more profits. So it's a good business move. Yep. So there you go. 
Yeah, the one, I mean, two. for you, Nike. Well, Final you already know it takes, like, to produce any shoe that Nike makes is obviously probably cents on the dollar. And so right. for them, this is just increasing those margins even more. It's so like I said, a great business move. What's frustrating from my perspective, I just want a pair. And for some reason, they're limited. Like, right. To me, you know, Nike could pump these suckers out like crazy if they wanted to. But there is that kind of there. There's always, I think, in the back of a lot of these corporations, you know, they're they're aware of the community. They're aware of the sneaker uh, world. And so they're like, well, we're just going to kind of keep these shoes limited, keep them a little hyped up. At, but it's like, dude, we want them. The public wants them just release them and, and make them accessible to those people who want to buy them. And so far it hasn't been. So like, that's why I haven't been able to, to get a pair. Um, but otherwise I think they'll keep releasing them because so far they've had three colorways. They'll probably have more. Um, and hopefully they'll keep this effort up because I think it's a really cool idea. So what are your hopes and dreams and predictions for the future of sneakers? Oh man, that's so tough. That is really tough. Um, of course, now I think a lot of it is, well, you know, we talked about the adapt with Nike and, right. and I said in the beginning, I'm not necessarily a Nike or Adidas or any other brand guy. Nike just so happens to be the biggest player in the game right now. So more often than not, Nike sneakers are what catches my eye. But, you know, there's – I have some New Balances. I have some Asics and, you know, obviously I have some Adidas. But regardless of the company, I think trying to put tech into shoes is going to be the next step of uh, – or kind of just the next evolution in footwear. So with the Adapt, for the people who might not know, uh, you put your foot in and it's, it's similar to Back to the Future where the shoe – automatically tightens around your foot um, it's not just it's not just similar it's it's pretty much exactly the same that's right well that technology i like that technology because of the like sort of like circle because you you know the story behind the like how it came to be right the the air max themselves or well like the auto lacing technology like how that actually became a real thing because it has to uh, okay they so it's all tinker i know this because i watched the tinker hatfield design thing but also because i like back to the future um so tinker hatfield designed the the original sneakers in the movie which didn't actually work right they just right. had a they had a guy underneath like pulling this the laces tight right so that was originally the idea was something he came up with as a concept for a futuristic shoe for the movie, right? So then Tinker Hatfield, who has made up this fake sneaker technology for a movie about the future, decided to actually try and make it a real thing. So he's created this like self-fulfilling prophecy of in the future, there will somebody will have invented auto lacing sneakers for Nike and then he went on to become the person who spearheaded the invention of auto lacing sneakers for Nike. Sneaker. Wow. Yeah. 
that's pretty that is pretty cool that's yeah. i like that so anyway sorry continue well yeah and so i i said similar just because it's not like as instantaneous and like kind of that you know it's funny yeah. if you look up videos of these adapt shoes you put your foot your foot in you step down and you hear this it's like this little motor and i mean it, it works well and it's pretty fast um but obviously you know nike they're always looking for improvements i think they will continue down that path because from the videos i've watched from the stuff i've read their goal with this effort is to regardless of the athlete you know it could be basketball it could be running uh, the goal is to create footwear that adapts to the situation that the athlete is in so right. I think the easiest example that I, I've heard is a basketball player. You know, let's, let's just take LeBron. LeBron comes off the court. He's resting for a few minutes on the bench. If he can have some shoes that kind of automatically loosen and give his foot some room to breathe and relax a little bit, because, like, it's funny. If you look up basketball players' feet, which, like, it'll pop up on Twitter a few times, like, they'll be on the beach or they'll be on vacation and like a picture of their feet, dude, they look gnarly because for the majority of their life, they're stuffed in this shoe that has to be tight and supportive. And you know, their, their feet are under a lot of pressure. So right. if you can have shoes that can adapt or, you know, kind of move with the athlete and adjust to what they're doing, I think that's part of the future of athlete or of footwear. Um, but also, more sustainability, more creativity in materials. So Adidas has, you know, now they have shoes that are called 4D. Um, there's several different silhouettes, but when you see the 4D, that's because their midsole has actually been 3D printed. And so I think just exploring different technological advancements in terms of materials or shoe construction is probably the most immediate and other than that, it's hard for me to really imagine where footwear is going. I think we're going to see a lot more retros, you know, as these basketball or these athletes start to get older and retire, they're going to start retroing their shoes. So think about Jordans now, you know, 20 years, our kids are probably going to be brought, they're going to be buying LeBrons, you know, they're going to be buying the retro Kobe's and stuff like that. So that will always be there, I think. Um, but more than anything, it's just going to be, how the shoe performs, how it's it's built, um, and different things like that. So it'd be interesting. I don't really have any clear concepts or pictures in my head, but those general ideas, I think, will, will continue. Gotcha. I'm looking forward to the Nike Space Hippie Adapt Metcon. Yeah. Doesn't. Yeah. I don't know if anybody's working on lot, that, but if you're listening, Nike, that would be pretty cool. Environmentally friendly, adapt, react, Readapt apps. <laughs> <laughs> Just any, yeah. you know, all those words. In that comment. That's yeah. actually, <laughs> that's from the office. Uh, but, um, okay. Uh, I got a couple more questions and then we'll do some spicy tunes. So, well, here's my first question. So let's say, because Adam just bought some new sneakers, right? Yep. And I've thought about I've thought about getting at times like sneakers that are not like crazy s sneakers, but like are definitely like 
not your run of the mill. Like I've thought about maybe getting some Jordan ones, um, because I like that silhouette a lot, or something lo- along those lines. But I also don't want to be a poser because I am a little bit afraid. Like, you know, if I have some sneakers that are definitely like s- sneakers that sneakerheads would want, then somebody's gonna see me in them and think, "Oh, that guy is a, a sneakerhead," and then come up and be like, "Hey, man, I like your whatever's." you look forward to the blah 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 drop and i'm gonna have to be like i'm really sorry i'm not a sneakerhead. i'm just a normal human being who's wearing these shoes so is there a risk of being a poser as a as a sneaker enthusiast you know i don't i don't think so because it it's like a, a double-edged sword on one hand it's almost impossible to just stumble upon like if you get any sneaker that's notable enough for other sneaker heads to recognize it, you're going to have to like be very intentional about getting that shoe. Okay. Uh, and so I think just in virtue of that, you're going to know something about it. You know, like if I were rocking, Oh man, like the latest uh, collab with Jordan was the Jordan 4s and this company in LA called Union. So like if I were to be wearing the Union 4s right now and yeah. somebody saw me with them and, and they recognized there was enough research, there was enough know-how or like knowledge about that shoe, I think for you to have a reasonable conversation. So I wouldn't worry about I I think if you're able to get your hands on a pair, like there's Jordan 1s out there that you could get right now that you're not going to be considered a poser. I think people recognize, oh, those are the Jordan 1s. But if you were to get the Travis Scott Jordan 1s, then people are going to raise their eyebrows. They're going to say, oh, dude, I like your Travis Scotts. Are you excited for this or that? And that's where you kind of have to worry. Um, so it's, it's like the hype beat. You know, it's like <laughs> are you, you got to stay. <laughs> are you excited for the next season of Fortnite? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, actually, what they might say, are you excited for the... Because now Travis Scott is collabing with McDonald's. I don't know if you guys have seen that, but... What is the collab, nope. then? He's, he's going to have his own burger. It's going to it's going to be the Travis Scott burger. Uh, the so, Travis Scott triple-decker. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't, I don't think you should worry about being a poser because if it's, if it's a recognizable shoe, you're probably going to have a baseline knowledge, at least, of of that shoe and dude at the end of the day like that's the thing and that's my biggest gripe with with the sneaker community if they ask you something about it or somebody comes up to you and starts trying to talk sneakers you'd be like i personally i think we should all just be able to tell each other you know i just really like this shoe i think it looked cool i, I like you know the silhouette and that's it because that's how a lot of my collection is they're not notable they're not recognizable necessarily but i like the way they look you know i think it's a a unique shoe to have in a collection so that's my thing it's like why are we trying to one-up each other why are we trying to you know call each other out on on your loyalty to the sneaker uh hobby we when we can just kind of recognize that we both like sneakers to some extent or the other gotcha that's good advice so for somebody who's Maybe somebody's listening to this and they're like, you know what? I want to be a sneaker enthusiast. Adam is raising his hand. He wants right to be a sneaker enthusiast. What are like, what are like maybe like the top five most, most essential or like staple pairs of sneakers 
that you would say, you know, you you need at least need to take a look at if you're you know starting out as a sneaker enthusiast. Okay. Um, I'll try to yeah, I'll try to rattle a few off the top of my head. So I'm thinking one, Adidas Ultra Boost. They're okay. they're pretty recognizable at this point. They're pretty commonplace, so it wouldn't raise too many eyebrows. But like when I see somebody wearing Ultra Boost, I recognize that. So that's a pretty low key option. Um, you could go with kind of if you go with like a retro. So we talked about Nike Cortez. That's pretty recognizable. Uh, you could go with like a Jordan One. Like I mean, you just mentioned it, David. Jordan One is pretty basic, and it is uh, it's subtle enough for you to pull off without you know, raising too many eyebrows. And I, I really want to get like some cross brand. Of course, Yeezys are going to be a staple. Like most sneakerheads are going to have those, but those are expensive. If you, you know, if price is an issue, those are kind of expensive. You know, even some new balance, new balance are really hot right now with, especially if you're uh, a particular, you know, like the dad, you know, the dad aesthetic, the nineties vibe. So oh, new yeah. balance are really good for those, for that. Um, excuse me. There's a few different models of that that you can look at. Um, man, it's tough. I mean, right now, like Dunks, Nike Dunks are really popular. So, but those are going to be hard to find because for some reason, like there's just random stuff that that, that rises and falls in popularity. Huh. Um, yeah, any Jordan. I mean, I'm trying to think through my collection right now. Or, oh, Air Maxes, like Nike Air Maxes. Dude, that is, I mean, you could go with almost any Air Max right now and be, and that's a very basic, very clean classic. So it could be the 90s, the 1s, um, some of the, the, like the 95s through 97s kind of are a little funky as far as yes. aesthetic. But Air Maxes are great. Uh, I'm looking at my closet right now, just trying to think of stuff. I would steer away from like, uh, you know, signature basketball shoes because especially modern players, those are very much performance driven. So like to me, I don't, I don't wear my Paul George ones out in the street. You know, I, I play basketball in them, but when you get into the retros, so like retro Kobe's retro Jordans, uh, those are almost at this point, like lifestyle shoes. So yeah. you can kind of transition into that. Uh, but more than anything, I would say go with what your gut tells you that you like. So with, with the aesthetic that you like. So New Balances, they're kind of like the dad vibe. You know, there's some, uh, some Jordans that, that I don't particularly care for the aesthetic. So, I, you know, I'm not even interested in those. So don't do something because it's what's popular or that's what other people, you know, that's what the sneakerheads think you should do. If you think Ultra Boosts are ugly, don't get them. You know, so I would say just peruse the different brands, look at their websites, you know, you could Google stuff. And when you find a pair that you like, just start there and, and develop it from there because it's going to be individual for every single person. Okay. Final question. If you had to go sneaker shopping for me and Adam, which pair 
would you buy for each of us? One pair for me, one pair for Adam. Based on our personality and and style. Like what if you had to buy a pair of sneakers for me to put into my circulation and for Adam, what would you pick? Oh man, this is so tough. This I Okay, I was gonna say I might go out and buy them. That's, and then that's pretty we're unlikely. Gonna buy them. Adam, no, whatever you suggest, we're them. gonna buy them. Maybe I will. Maybe I'll take a look. You know. If so you know, I already know just based on. Well, first of all, just Adam pulling up those uh, those Converse. You know, and like you've already said, Adam's kind of obscure anyway. So he like most mainstream stuff. I probably wouldn't put Adam in. Um, you know, the blazer is. I would say it's mainstream, but it's that retro vibe. Yeah. Um, but he's already mentioned the blazer, so I really don't want to go there. The first thing that comes to mind for for Adam um, is actually a Yeezy, but it's not the Yeezy seven hundred or uh, sorry, it's not the Yeezy three fifty that kind of everybody thinks of. So I'm gonna look it up here because um, I want to be sure I get the name of it right as far as the model. Yeah, so let's look. So. I would put Adam in a pair of, because I think he already has a, a pair of shoes similar to this. But if you look up the Yeezy Power Phase Calabasas, and you could do any colorway. I think the colorways that Adam would prefer would be like the off-white colorway or the maybe the gray. Then that's what I would pick for Adam. And dude, this is so hard because it's off the top of my head. But I don't know if you're looking at those, Adam. Uh, the Yeezy Power Phase Calabasas is what I would put Adam in. Yeah, I like those. I like those. I'd wear those. Yeah, that's a really, uh, that's a pretty on-point selection, I would say, for Adam's look and vibe. Putting them in my cart right now. Checking out. <laughs> $294. Because, because that's the cool part. Like Those are a subtle pair that they have the Yeezy name attached to it, but it's not the, the hyped-up pair that everybody goes for. But you could also, if you do this, if you guys are still on like Google Images, if you Google the Adidas Continental, you can get those. They're very similar in look. And, you know, they don't have Yeezy attached to it, so they're going to be pretty cheap. So the Yeezy, yeah, Continental 80 is what I'm envisioning right now. So if you guys, if you Google that, mm. that's very similar. So it's just funny how things work. A lot of it is, is attached to the name to the name or or things like that so that's just initial impressions of course i might have a different recommendation based on uh, if i thought of it of it more so for david man this is tough because your style is so it varies so much you know you have kind of your athleisure style that you i don't know if you've talked about in the podcast but uh i know that at one point you claimed your you know you you crowned yourself i think the the king of athleisure. Epitome. Uh, yeah, the epitome of athleisure. So, I mean, if you run with that, that's going to be a completely different uh, selection of shoes than maybe like your kill shot. Because I know you have some kill shots. And so I do. That's more like of the low profile, minimalist, you know, basic vibe. Right. So I'm going to look into some Nikes because I know that, you, that you're a big Nike, big Nike guy. I do. I like Nike live very close to them their roots of course being from uh from oregon yeah you're you're kind of fully entrenched in that yep but i want to get you in a pair that 
you know, I think respects your aesthetic and respects your, your vibes. So let me look. I don't know if you and Adam have any anything else you want to talk about because I'm going to have to actually browse a little bit before I can pinpoint a pair for David. So can I – I'm going to talk about my – what about being a sneaker enthusiast resonates with me. Okay. okay why it tell us. With me. Um, I like buying things. <laughs> I, when, I, when, when I'm going to buy something, I often – envision it and when i envision it it either makes my i think it's going to make my life better like significantly better or i think it's going to make me cooler and anytime i buy something and i think either of those two ways it is never the case i almost earlier today i almost bought uh pyrex bakeware because <laughs> i thought that it would either make my life better or make me cooler as a person which one um, which which Pyrex one did you think did? Would the Pyrex would be? I think it would have made me a cooler person if I had this Pyrex dish. <laughs> Interesting. Um, but I feel like if I was a, a sneaker enthusiast, it would kind of satiate that desire. Um, so I would be into buying the new shoes because I think it would make me cooler. There was a couple months ago Nike – released some running shoe i forget what it's called but they posted a picture of it and it was like a beat up pair of this running shoe and i wanted that shoe so bad because i just wanted to have that pair because i thought it would make me cooler if i had a beat up pair of it but i never did get that hmm. um, so i am always on the verge of becoming it sneaker enthusiast always on the verge of becoming a sneaker i don't think i have enough money yet oh yeah i mean that's a big part that's a big part of it so oh man david you're so hard to to shop for or like you know to to pinpoint a pair because you know as a as a sneaker enthusiast i want to i think you know give you kind of a worthy because i could you know oh well david you just need some I mean, I've already talked about the Air Maxes, but I like I know you have Air Maxes, so like I'm no, I don't want to cop out. That's the thing. Hey, I'm flexible, you know. If you want to go yeah. down the athleisure look, you can do that too, because I, I mean, these days my main thing is I'm wearing a lot of shorts. Um, Ten thousand shorts, yeah. sponsor me, please. Um, <laughs> right. So, and then I'm wearing like. Sneakers, and I'm just running around. You're not wearing 10,000 shorts all at once. The brain is called 10,000 shorts. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I meant. 10,000 shorts. uh, Yes, the brand name is 10,000. I'm not wearing 10,000 pairs of shorts. I always call them 10,000 hands. I don't know why. Right, so, you know, something that works with that, that would be good. Because right now I'm just, like, I just wear a pair of Nike Pegasus 36, which are running shoes. Yep. Um, which, you know, are not getting me a lot of sneaker enthusiast head turns right now. Yeah. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. Oh, man. I mean, you could go with any of the React. So, like, you know, Nike's kind of new technology is their React phone. I would say Vapor Maxis, yep. but I feel like I don't know that, that you – and you might, I don't know if you like Vapor Maxes as far as like the look of them. 
Uh, I actually but that, don't like them at all. Yeah, I and I didn't I think do that not you like would. Them. Yeah. Um, the React Prestos are kind of a good athleisure because I wouldn't call them a performance shoe, but those also probably don't really fit your vibe too too well. Uh, Hirachis or dude, the the React Element either eighty sevens or fifty fives. That might be enough to turn some heads. So I don't know if you're familiar without Googling them. I'm on the Nike website right now, so I will okay. just type So it if in. you look up uh, the React Element 87s, you'll find a few pairs. Those are kind of funky because the upper is translucent. Uh, but the 55s, so if you get the Element 55s, that upper is actually not translucent. Um, but that's like a pair you could slip on, kind of keep them unlaced as far like don't don't tie them. And I think that goes pretty well with the athleisure vibe. Um, yeah. It's interesting that you said React Prestos because I actually saw those in the Nike uh, store when I was there and I was like, those actually look pretty cool. Okay. So um, so you were pretty on on with uh, what I was... I don't love the React 55s, um, yeah. but you were not too far off with the uh, React Presto. Okay. So, um, some of the colorways, like I don't like, but there some of them I do. Right. I've been wearing a lot of like lighter color shoes, like white and stuff like that lately. So. Okay. Well, do, yeah. I mean. Those. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely fit the bill. So there you go. I mean, All that's, right. That's tough because last thing we gotta purchasing do. Purchasing um, right now. Spicy tones. Who's going for yeah, it? these ones like it. These are not too expensive. Yeah, so spicy tunes. Caleb, do you have any spicy tunes? You're the guest. Oh, snap. Uh, I mean, I never try to flex my musical taste to anybody because I'm, I'm very, very basic. <laughs> and I mean, it's David has made fun of my musical taste. And, and so I'll tell you what I've been listening to a lot. I don't. I don't know what qualifies as as a spicy tune in your book, uh, but Whatever I will you say you got it on I repeat. think it. Yeah, I definitely got this one on repeat. So, uh, Drake's newest single, uh, which is not loading for me right now, but it's called "Laugh Now, Cry Later." Yep. It's kind of it kind of is fitting for this episode especially. Because the music video, as you know, was filmed at Nike World Headquarters. Yep. It is almost exclusively, you know, in the music video at least. The lyrics don't necessarily match up, but a lot of about sneakers. You know, there's a lot of shoes in the video. There's a lot of uh, high-profile athletes in the video. So that would be my spicy tune right now. I listen to it probably once a day while I'm going to work or just driving around. So I'll stick with that. All right, my spicy tune for this episode is from the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly soundtrack. Really? The Ecstasy of Gold. That's a good one. Interesting choice. Yep. And I will flex my music tastes on everyone. The Ecstasy of Gold. (laughs) Okay. Well, I was looking at my spicy tunes on deck playlist. I added some things today. Uh, But since we're only... 
since you guys are only adding one, I guess I will only add one as well. And in keeping with the theme for today, the song which I will be adding is My Adidas by Run DMC. <laughs> 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 a little bit of That's like old school hip hop I thought I, that one was on there from a while back and I was like oh that's a pretty good choice for today's uh, podcast so I will get those added to the playlist shortly alright well this wraps up the first episode of season 3 of Jabberwocky yep Caleb thank you for being wow. the very first guest of this what a season what a return. Man, it Coming has been an honor. Heater already. Is that yeah. a saying? Coming in with the heater? No. Coming but in. it was a lot of fun. Thank you, Caleb, for being on the show. You're welcome. Thank you, David. Thank you, Adam. For... Yeah. We don't say thank you to each other enough, so let's start doing that. Thank, thank you, you David. Well, thank you guys for having <laughs> me as a guest. Hey, it's always a pleasure to have a guest on the show, especially you, who we have known for so long (laughs) i don't i don't know how long i've known you caleb at least david's known you for what at least six years five five years five years this this fall yeah that's when it all started i'll take it we would have already we would have we would have moved in together by this point five years ago right right wow it's a it's already on track to be a friendship to last for a lifetime I mean, we've already planned to go to the 2028 Olympics, so we're in for at least another eight years. <laughs> oh, boy. I'm going to have to start thinking about which sneakers I'm going to wear to that. Yeah. Oh, dude, at this point. I know what sneakers I'm going to wear if I go. Not with you guys. I go with my own friends. <laughs> but I'm going to be wearing my Converse OG, <laughs> OG Pro Leather Converse that I bought back in 2020. They're going to okay. hold up for eight years. Yep. Because they're made out of leather. <laughs> Okay, I don't remember what I say at the end of this show. You say peace out, Girl Scouts. Nope, we changed right. it. Rainbow Trout, because we uh, don't want to be infringing. On the Girl Scouts for some reason. Yeah, I mean, if there are Girl Scouts out there. Here's a, you know, I'm not even going to get out. into this at the end of this episode. Uh, peace out, Rainbow Trouts, and keep on jabbering. I don't think Trouts is the correct plural of trout. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>